0: This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Well, hopefully you're ready to grow tonight. If you would, go ahead and turn with me in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3. And these are prayers that Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. These are prayers that you and I can pray for ourselves. And he's praying that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is strong in our life, so that we can know him. You know, without the help of the Holy Spirit, we'll never know the truth that's in the Bible. And God wants you and I to know our inheritance. And the only way to know our inheritance is is to read the document and to allow the one who inspired the men to write this, to reveal it to us, that's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It, it reveals the Word of God to us, and it's the truth that makes us free. You know, we're talking about the authority of the believer, and this is something that God wants you and I to walk in not just at church, he wants us to know who we are when we're by ourselves at home. He wants us to know on our job that we have power and authority in the name of Jesus, that we have power and authority over all principality, over all power, over all ruler, over all dominion. Anything that kills, steals, and destroys, you have the power in Christ Jesus to overcome it. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus Christ being made a curse for us. For the Bible says it's written that every man that hangs on the tree, Jesus took the curse for us, released the blessing. He reattached us in our relationship with God so we can walk in authority. You know, there's a a man he's in heaven now. His name is Kenneth Hagin. And years ago, he had this open eye vision. And the Lord was was talking to him, just revealing some things about the authority of the believer. And while the Lord's talking to him and, and just explaining to him how you and I can walk in our authority as children of God, as the body of Christ. He said this this monkey kind of got in between him and the Lord, and the Lord didn't stop talking. The Lord kept talking, and this monkey kept going, Yakety-yak, 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 yakety-yak. And there was this smoke screen that was in between, and the whole time he's thinking man, don't you know that I can't hear what you're saying, Lord? Don't you you know this monkey's jumping up, this demon-like thing is jumping up and down, and he's screaming yakety-yak, and I can't hear you? God, won't you do something about this demon? Won't you do something about this imp? Won't you do something about this thing? And, And finally, out of desperation, he says, I command you in the name of Jesus to stop. And he said, in this vision, this imp just fell to the floor and just whimpered like a a, a whip puppa or, or or just something that was defeated. And he realized that he looked at the Lord, and the, and the Lord told him, if you wouldn't have done something about the devil, I couldn't. And he says, Lord, I, I'm not hearing you right. Did you say that you wouldn't? He said, No. I couldn't. And they, they went on back and forth. He says, that doesn't, that, that just upends my theology. I've never heard anything like that before. You mean you, 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 you wouldn't have. And he says, no, I couldn't. If you and I don't do something about the enemy, God can't do anything. See, When God raised Jesus from the dead and and He quickened Him and He he seated Him at the right hand of the Father. See, when He saw Jesus being raised from the dead, He saw you being raised from the dead. When He quickened Jesus, He quickened you. When He seated Jesus at the right hand of the Father, He set you and I at the right hand of the Father. And He says that Jesus is the head of the body, which is the church. And in order for Jesus' power to be demonstrated on earth, it's going to be through the body. See, you don't separate your head and your body. You don't go downtown and say, Hey, Jim, I saw Jim's head, but I don't know where his body is. You don't say, Hey, I saw Bill's body today, but I don't know where his head is. No, wherever your head is, there's your body. Your head needs your body to accomplish what it's created to do. And Jesus, when he was raised from the dead... He took authority, dominion, power, and He gave it to you and I, His body, and He wants to demonstrate that power and authority on earth just like there is in heaven. And think about that. In heaven, there's no sickness in heaven. In heaven, there's no lack. In, in heaven, there's no rioting. There's no protesting. There's no demonic activity. There's... And He says, I want you to pray that God's will is done on earth just like it is in heaven. See, he needs you and I in order to demonstrate his power and authority upon the earth. You're saying, well, where where does he talk about this at? I'll give you some scriptures to back up what I was explaining in that man's vision. You know, there's no place in the Bible, in the New Testament, that tells you and I to ask God to do something about the devil. See, God has already done something about the devil. Jesus has already done something about the devil. He defeated him. He stripped him of his power and authority. In Colossians 2.15, it talks about how he disarmed the principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. He made them to nothing. And he gave that dominion and authority for you and I, to you and I, for us to enforce the victory that he already won when he defeated them. So let's look at a few scriptures. Matthew chapter 28. You You can look at this. And these are scriptures to back up that you and I have authority that in the New Testament, as a, as a born-again child of God, blood-bought, you're forgiven of your sin, you have dominion and authority to live a life of victory. So this is something that helps all of us. John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So if things are happening that are good, God is good. James, the half-brother of Jesus, says every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights." You know, when I was praying for you the other day the people that are watching the people that were called to he said Trey I want you to be persuaded of God's goodness see Romans 2 4 says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance so God is in the business of doing good things you know it's good that you and I are forgiven it's good that we have healing in our body it's good when we can pay our bills it's it's good when we overcome it's good that we know the heart of God But it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything that's stealing, killing, destroying, that's of the devil. And you have power and authority to overcome anything that's stealing, killing, and destroying in this life through our relationship With Christ Jesus. You know John chapter 16 verse 33 says in this world you're going to have trials and tribulations and things that are difficult and things that are hard. He says but be of good cheer. Why? Why does he want you to be of good cheer? He says because I've already overcome it and I've deprived it of power to harm you. You know what that is? That is good news. So let's look at a few scriptures that just reveals to you and I that the least member of the body of Christ has power and authority over anything that the devil throws our way. The power of the devil is not bigger than the God that we serve. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 19. Listen to this. Jesus, this is after He was raised from the dead, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, "...all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth." Now, go therefore. Notice how he says, okay, I have the dominion and authority, but now I'm transferring it to you, the body of Christ, the church. And he says, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. See, Jesus received the power and authority, but then he gave it to the church. He gave it to you and I. He gave it to the body. He gets His work and His will done through the body. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 through 20. And we've we've referred to some of these scriptures, but let's read it again. And these signs will follow those who believe... In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, this stuff still happens today. I could go on for hours telling you of stories of overcoming and healing and casting out devils and and just the things that the Bible's talk about. But let's keep going here just for time's sake. It says, "So, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, He was received up into heaven. I want you to picture this. And he sat down at the right hand of God. Now, the right hand always represents dominion and authority and power. And they went out and preached everywhere. This is the disciples, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So so think about it. He says this happens to the believing ones. But how could the disciples go out, preach the word of God, and he says these signs will accompany you. These signs will follow you. These signs will come along beside you. Think about what a sign does. It tells you where the restroom is. It tells you how many more miles you have to your destination. A sign points to direction, and God wants there to be signs in your life of victory, of of triumph, of authority and dominion that points people to Him. See, God wants to do work in us, and He wants to do work through us where people are pointed to Him. You know, God wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with me. But it takes you and I knowing who we are and and living out the Word of God and displaying His goodness upon the earth. But it says Jesus was raised to the right hand of the Father. They went out and they preached God's Word. And it says that Jesus went out and worked with them everywhere that they preached. He confirmed His Word with signs following. In other words, He manifested His will through who? Through people just like you and I, through the disciples, through the believing ones. When it says these signs will follow those who believe, in the Greek, it's the believing ones, the ones who are willing to step out and believe His Word. And you know an indicator that you believe God's Word is you do God's Word? If you don't truly believe His Word, you're not going to truly do His Word. Or if you're not doing His Word, then you truly aren't believing His Word. You might acknowledge it with your head, you might uh, agree with it, but... The proof is that I'm doing. So Jesus is raised to the right hand of the Father... His body, the head, is at the right hand of the Father. His body is upon the earth, and His will, His power, is working through the body, just like He operated on the earth. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Then He tells His body, you go in my name and you do what I did. Now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and His body is working so how does that how does that work how do i have the power from god to me to be displayed upon the earth well in ephesians chapter 1 i just want us to look at this real quick ephesians chapter 1 verse 22 and 23 listen to this and he has put all things under his feet now if you picture somebody's body where are the feet are they on the head are they on the body Of course, you don't have feet in your head, and neither does Jesus. Jesus don't have feet in His head. His feet are on the body. Well, where's the body? The body is on the earth. We are the body of Christ. And He has put all things under His feet, and He has appointed Him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship, listen to this, exercised throughout the church. So the head exercises His power and authority through the body, which is the church, who is upon the earth. Jesus is not upon the earth. His Spirit is upon the earth, but His body is upon the earth. That's you and I. That's why it's so important to be connected to a local body that empowers us to operate... As a global body, we're all the body of Christ. What, what qualifies a person to be in the body, to be in the family of God, to be a part in the body because the little finger has just as much power as the mouth and the toe. The littlest part of the body has just as much power and authority as the rest of the body. What qualifies a person is when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you come out of the kingdom of darkness and you come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You come away from the lordship of Satan and you make Jesus your Lord and now you're part of the body. Let's keep going. Ephesians 1, and 23, "...he put all things under his feet has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body." The fullness of Him who fills all and offer in that body lives the full measure of Him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with Himself. Once again, I want you to see this. Jesus is the head. When God raised Jesus from the dead... He raised the body from the dead. That you and I, when He set Jesus in heavenly places, Ephesians one three. That you and I, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When He raised the body, He raised you and I. When He quickened Jesus, He quickened you and I. When He set Jesus at the right hand of the Father, you and I are at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. Right now, receiving our our commands, receiving our instruction, receiving from His. His word from Jesus, who is the head, and He expresses it. He demonstrates it. He executes His power and authority through the believer, through you and I. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Let's look at this scripture. This is Jesus, and He says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He gave you power and authority. He gave me power and authority. When he talks about uh, snakes and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, he's talking about anything that kills, steals, and destroys. Anything that is influenced of the enemy, you and I have power and authority. So we see kind of one point, two scriptures that make this point, that Jesus... When he was raised from the dead, he received the power and authority. Then he gave it to us, and he said, Now you go, and as you and I apply the word, as we go, he says, Now these signs will come along beside you. The word of God will become real to you. Let's look at another scripture. Second James chapter 4, verse 7. Now this is in the New Testament. Remember, in the New Testament, he doesn't tell you and I to ask him to do something about the devil. He tells us to do something about the devil. James chapter 4, verse 7, Therefore submit to God. What, what does that look like? That looks like submitting to His Word, submitting to authority, submitting to your boss, submitting to leadership, submitting to the ways of God, the Spirit of God. So when I'm submitted to God, I'm, I'm honoring the way that God sets things up. And He says, Then you resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from who? From you. Not not from God. He will, he will flee from you. The word flee means to run as in terror. So he tells you and I to resist the devil. He's not going to do it. But remember the example I gave of the police officer who held up their hand, the traffic backs up, but the man himself doesn't have the power and authority to stop a semi, to stop a truck, to stop a car... But you and I stop because we respect the authority behind the man. We respect the authority that gave the man the power. And it's the same way in the kingdom of God. The devil has to respect our authority when we resist him in the name of Jesus. But you have to resist the devil in order for him to flee. If you don't resist him, then he doesn't have to flee It isn't God resisting him. God gave you the power and authority, and he tells you to resist him, to get his hands off your finances, to get his hands off your family, to get his hands off of your dream, off your purpose, off of whatever you need to be who God's called and created you to be. So we submit our life to God, we resist the devil, and he has to flee. This is how we exercise our authority. Uh, Another scripture that proves the point, he tells you and I to do something about the enemy. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary... Now, your adversary, this is, this is somebody who's against you. This is somebody who doesn't want good things for you. He wants to stop you from your dream. He wants to stop your family, he wants to stop your marriage, he wants to stop your finances. It says, Because your adversary... Who is this? The devil. What is his job? Steal your kill, destroy, anything that is of the curse is influenced of the enemy. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now now think about this. If this was in today's society, it it would probably read something like this. Okay, the devil's after you. So you better write to Paul or Peter and see if you can get one of their handkerchiefs or go to somebody else and tell them to get the devil off of you. The Bible doesn't tell us to get somebody else to get the devil off of us. He tells you and I to submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. He tells you and I to be sober, to be vigilant, because the adversary, your devil, roams around like a roaring lion. In other words, he's roaring. He wants to scare you. He wants you to be afraid, because that's what he operates in, his fear. It reminds me of another story that I heard Brother Hagen talk about, of how he was having heart condition. God raised him up from the deathbed at 16, cured his heart, cured an uh, incurable blood disease. And he had this dream. This was years later and he was having opportunities with his heart and he didn't tell anybody. He would stand his ground and stand on what God had promised of, about healing. And, and, and one night he, he had a vision. He had a dream that Human and another guy was walking across like a football field type. And as they were walking across, here comes these two lions just running after them. So their first instinct, they just took off running across the football field and, and he realized that he wasn't going to make it. So he just stopped and the other guy kept running and he turned around and he started walking towards the line. And he says, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. You cannot hurt me. And he said he just kept walking towards them and the lions just come up and they, they sniffed around and, and then they just left. That night he realized that anything that stole, killed, destroyed, that heart condition, it had to leave when he commanded it to leave because it wasn't of God. God wasn't trying to teach him a lesson about his heart condition. He wasn't trying to teach him a lesson by using the devil's tactic of stealing, killing, and destroying. God doesn't employ the devil regardless of what religion has told you. No, God wants to get His will done on earth through you and through me. You and I as believers, we have authority on the earth. And He tells you and I that the devil roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, letting us know that he can't devour everybody. You need to make a decision right where you are. He's not going to devour me. He's not going to devour my family. He's not going to devour my finances. And He says, this is how you're going to do it. I want you to resist Him. How? Steadfast. In the faith. When you're born again, Romans 12 3 tells you and I that we're all dealt the measure of faith. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen. but faith is doing the Word of God. So as you get the Word of God in you, then you can resist the devil by the Word of God coming out of your mouth, by believing it in your heart. Remember Matthew chapter 4, you can read this in your own time, when the devil showed up and he tried to, to tempt Jesus, or he did tempt Jesus, how did Jesus overcome the temptation? He would say, it is written... What was he doing? He was resisting him steadfast in the faith. Now, Peter, who spent three and a third year with Jesus, walking, seeing how he operated and everything, he says, Now that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, now that he's left his spirit upon the earth, now that he's given the body of Christ, his name, his authority, his dominion, he says, you resist the devil. You resist him steadfast in the faith. And if you're feeling like you're the only one going through this, because that's what the devil wants to do. He wants us to think that nobody's going through what we're going through. Nobody's had it as tough as us. But he's a liar. That's who he is. He's a liar. He says, there's other people in this world that are dealing with the same, thing that you're dealing with so don't buy into the devil's life you stand up and you resist him steadfast in the faith so you have Matthew 28 that tells you and I that we have dominion and authority you have Mark 16 that tells you and I we have dominion and authority you have James chapter 4 verse 7 that tells you and I we do something about the devil we we resist him and he flees first Peter chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 it tells us to do something about the devil now I want to interject this here that if if you you don't want to get rid of the devil, that if you like being tormented, if you like addiction, if you like hearing voices, if you like uh, stealing, killing, and destroying, then he's not going to leave. I don't care who prays for you. I don't care how many times you go to church. You know, there was a, a, a lady that her husband brought her to church and they wanted, wanted the minister to do something. Pray for her. Get these voices out of her head. She... But the minister looked at her and says, you want to hear those voices. You like them, don't you? She says, yes. And the guy, minister looked at the guy and said, there's nothing I can do because she wants to hear those voices. See, when we first come into the family of God, a lot of times we're, we're like babies spiritually and others can pray for us, and others can help us change our clothes and our diapers, and God will intervene. And But as we're learning, as we mature, God wants us to grow up, and God wants us to use His name, and God wants us to pray according to His Word, and God wants us to walk in our dominion and authority. And right here, we're learning today, how do I exercise this authority? You resist him steadfast in the the faith. You submit to God, resist him, and he has to flee. We go and do the Word, and he works with us. One more scripture here, and we're getting ready to be done tonight. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, and it says, Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. He's telling you and I, don't you give the devil place. Now, that lets us also know that you and I can give the devil place. I don't want the devil messing in my business. Do you? He's messed in my business for long enough, and it's time for us as the body of Christ, the children of God, that have the Spirit of God on the inside of us to realize the greater one dwells in us, and he wants us. Devil, you have no place in my life. You get out of here in the name of Jesus. Remember 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world greater is he if you're born again child of God you have God living on the inside of you and he's greater than any demon he's greater than any addiction he's greater than any sickness he's greater than any perversion you know I've seen people and maybe you're watching tonight you're watching today wherever you're at however wherever you're listening to this and I've seen people that they thought they were homosexuals they had desires for the uh, the, the same sex and and they give their life to God and it And God totally helped them rewire their desires and their mind and the way they looked at life. And they live, they're married, have kids. They're doing things the way that God created them to be. So maybe you're in that situation tonight. You need to know that God loves you and God believes in you and God wants good things for you. When He says, greater is He that is in you, In you, it means he's greater than that addiction to heroin or or meth or dope or pornography or alcohol or uh, nicotine, whatever it is. He's greater. Begin to declare that he's greater. I have power and authority. Nicotine, you don't own my body. Meth, you don't own my body. Heroin, you don't own my body. God owns my body. I'm dedicating my life to God. Take my life and do something with it, God. See, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Colossians chapter 1. Verses 12 and 13, this this will help you grow in your dominion, authority, and your ability to receive from God. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Not He's going to qualify you. He's already qualified you and made you to fit, to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and dominion of darkness. Hear that? Out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love he's already qualified you regardless of your past he's already delivered you from the power of darkness in other words you speak to that sickness I've been delivered from your power speak to that nicotine speak to the drug speak to the addiction speak to the perversion speak to the problem let it know you don't own me and then focus on the author and the developer and the finisher of your faith who is Jesus and when the desire comes back when the torment comes back in your mind now this is where we renew our mind to God's promises you've got to begin to think like you have dominion and authority begin to think like you are forgiven begin to believe what God has said that you've been delivered from from the power of darkness and you let that addiction know you don't own me anymore devil you don't own me anymore demon uh, that, that torment me harass me i'm broke free I'm, I'm jesus has already set me free and i'm delivered i'm free and keep going after god keep going after god this takes consistency. there was things in my life i was delivered from instantly and then there were things that it took time it was a process of believing in God's Word and renewing my mind. And you know what? I fell down and I made mistakes, but you receive forgiveness and you get right back in the game and you keep running towards Jesus, realizing you have dominion, realizing you have authority, realizing you are created to win, you're creating the image and likeness of God, and He wants you to rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. You know, Romans chapter 5 verse 17 tells you and I that because of what Adam did, we were separated from God. But the person who receives Jesus receives more grace. They receive the righteousness of God and God wants us to rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. I hope you got something out of today. I know that I did. I look forward to coming into your home again next week. You know what? call a friend, call a family member, call a hundred of your closest friends. (laughs) Let them know to tune in next week. God bless you guys. This is Trey Johnson with Being Your Best. Keep growing, keep going. God bless you guys.